Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a live edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, and joined, as always, with co-host Trey Patterson. This is our last episode of 2013, and, man, what a year it's been in sports. And, God, what a day it's been in NFL football, Trey. Have you ever seen anything like Week 17 today? I was glued to my TV all day. Yeah, dude, Week 17 is – you know, sort of notorious for being crazy at times. So this year really took it to a new level, and we're, we're not even done yet, Tarvin. And we still have, um, you know, another huge play-in game, you know, starting right about now, Tarvin. So, I mean, this has just gotten crazy. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, just sort of caps off the NFL regular season with just a bang. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas wins this game tonight, Dre, as crazy as it's been, and backup quarterback at home, so... Who knows, but how about those San Diego Chargers today, Trey? They needed the world to line up perfectly. They needed everybody in the AFC to lose and them to win, and they made it. So, wow, were you amazed that – I mean, are you impressed with the Chargers? Because I'm not, really. I mean, you're playing a second-team Kansas City team in San Diego, and all you need to do is win to make the playoffs, and you almost choke it away, Trey. I'm not very impressed. Yeah, I mean, to me, it says a lot about the AFC when you have a team at 9-7. You know, could have been 8-8 eight and eight Steelers making the playoffs, but here you you sit a 10-6 and six team in Arizona in the NFC who's not making the playoffs. I think they're a much better football team than the Chargers are. So I would have rather seen the Chargers uh, not get in and say a team like Arizona get in. I, you know, Arizona played Frisco as you know, tough as they really wanted today, and you know, it really sucks that they have to be left out. Um, but, you know, that's the way the NFL goes, and, you know, you, you know the rules. Well, Trey, well, we're going to break down the Bears and Packers game, the NFC North championship game today, but, I mean, did, did Aaron Rodgers make a difference being back on the field, you think? <laughs> no, nah, man, I, I don't think anybody can think that. I mean, they're a team, and tell me if I'm wrong here, and people disagreed with me. Green Bay is one of those teams that could catch fire and make the Super Bowl. That's how good they are. They can run the football. They have Aaron Rodgers, the best, one of the best guns in the NFL, some, some elite receivers, and a defense. They can make some stops. So, Trey, do you remember a few years ago when Green Bay made the wild card and, and went to the Super, won the Super Bowl? Could this be that kind of year, the NFC too stacked up top for them to make it through it? Well, I mean, you always say that, but I mean, the thing is, you're right about craziness and about wild card teams. They seem to have some magic to them. And you look through the history since the wild cards have been implemented. It's been a lot of wild card teams who have 
you know, played all three of those games and went on to win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, why not? I mean, that's, that's the real key is is why wouldn't they have a chance, especially now with, with Aaron Rodgers. And let's not, let's not discount the fact that Randall Cobb, who had not really played or had a touchdown since week two, Tarvin, had two touchdowns today, including the game winner. So, I mean, Randall Cobb is a game changer as well. The fact that he came back the same week as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this team is now a little bit more dynamic. If they were to get Clay Matthews back in the playoffs, I mean, this, this it's going to be a game-changer. Well, Trey, we're not going to break down the game yet, but Quinn's on the line, and he's wanting to talk about this Bears-Packers game. He's a big Bears fan. Quinn, I hope you're still alive, buddy. Yeah, the Packers aren't going to go far in the playoffs. They will they go far. They had a lot more weapons offensively. They had a lot more better receiving core and a lot more weapons offensively the year they won the Super Bowl than they do this year. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. You never know about this team. But um, thoughts about your Bears? I mean, you, I know a lot of Bears fans complained about not having any offense. They're all defense, but now it seems like they're all offense and no defense. So, how Chicago going to work it out during this off season to get better on the defensive side of the ball? They need to get more depth. Depth defensively is what they need to do. That's the big problem is they need to get more depth, that linebacker and defensive lineman. Yeah. Well, Quinn, buddy, I appreciate the call, bud. And, uh, Trey, we're going to break down all these games in in just a few minutes. But let's let's talk about a game that wasn't on the list. The Carolina Panthers, Trey, without Steve Smith, went on the road to Atlanta – and, wow, luckily pulled one out 21-20 to 20 over the Falcons. Tell me your thoughts about this Carolina team wrapping up the two seeds. They get a bye, and they're at home until possibly they have to go to the NFC championship game against Seattle, or Seattle loses, maybe they can get home field. What do you think about these Panthers? Well, I think ultimately this team is going to be interesting. They can lose at home is the problem with Carolina. And you look at some of these wild star teams and, you know, I, I just think Carolina, they're not really clicking the way you'd want them to right now. And, and I don't know if the off week will help them, Tarvin, uh, for the wild card games or not. But and you got to think about what team might be coming in. I mean, it could be um, the 49ers, and, and that could be an interesting game. Or, you know, So it, you never know, Tarvin, I mean, the way the seeds play out, who ends up coming into Carolina. But um, you know, they, they, they didn't play as well as I would have liked them to if you're a Carolina fan, uh, you know, sort of into the playoffs. I mean, they, could have, they should have easily lost that game today. Well, you got to look. Week 17 on the road. They, what I didn't like about the Carolina Panthers today, Trey, is when they had a chance to, to move the ball and eat the clock up and get a couple of first downs, they went too conservative and put their defense in some bad situations. I mean, it's not – Every day you have nine sacks on defense, and thank God for that, or the New Orleans Saints would have the second seed in the home field, and I think Carolina would be probably one and done, to tell you the truth. But you're right. I don't know what it is with this offense, and maybe it's partly to do with Steve Smith being out, but Cam Newton doesn't look comfortable with me, Trey. He looks off. Something's wrong. He's overthrowing a lot of things. He better work it out in the next two weeks, or they're going to be in trouble in that second round. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, the defense is so legit. I mean, that, that's they're going to have to rely on because right now, you know, Cam Newton and the offense just isn't at a place where you can really trust them. Yeah, and I, I trust Luke Keekley in that defense and uh, Hardy for Carolina. I mean, where did he come from, Trey? I mean, it's like 
the Kraken shows up, and he just destroyed the city of Atlanta today. And is this Tony Gonzalez's last game? Do you believe he's really going to retire this time? Yeah, I think he, I think he's going to retire. Too bad Atlanta laid an egg for him in this last year. He's too good of a player to go down four and twelve. Um, wow, what a week of football, man! I'm, I'm excited to start. You want to start breaking these games down real quick, and then we'll get into our college. Yeah, let's do that. Well, we talked about the Chargers eight and seven against the eleven and four Chiefs. Trey, I thought it was going to be a blowout. I picked the Chargers to win. I got that right, but. Man, the Chargers looked terrible today. I mean, they didn't look like a team that really wanted to make the playoffs. I mean, they really didn't. Kansas City had to force them, Trey, uh, to win. I mean, it really didn't look good. I feel bad for them going on the road to Cincinnati next week. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have much of a shot on the road against Cincinnati. I mean, good for them making the playoffs. I mean, it's good that, you know, the Chargers actually were able to do it. But they struggled pretty mightily against pretty much a second team for the Chiefs. They sent out a lot of guys. I think the Chargers as well for that reason. I, I just didn't think um, about them playing with it for a chance at the playoffs. I mean, little did I know that they would be playing for the playoffs and they actually played. I thought they were going to play inspired football. They really didn't. Uh, they still got in. But, um, yeah, I mean, we got the win on the pick Tarvin, but, I mean, I just don't think their chances going to Cincinnati are going to be that good. And Cincinnati's playing pretty darn good football right now. Yeah, well, Trey, I'm out of the chat room right now. I'm having some computer issues. I'm going to have to boot up on my iPad, actually, and I will not have access to the chat room. So you, can you take control of that, isn't there? Yeah, it isn't really, uh, there's only one person in the chat room right now. So, um, okay, I'm, I'm sure their eyes boot this Dallas game. Just an update in the Dallas-Philly game, Trey. Dallas drove it all the way down to about the 30 but fumbled the ball. So I don't know if that surprises you or anything. Um but not not a good start for the Dallas Cowboys playing a team like the Eagles. But I'll try to be back in just a moment with everything. But the first thing I have to do is get back in the studio because we do have a caller on the line. So, Trey, um, thoughts about the Chiefs going in with this kind of this game. Their backup's got a chance to play a lot of minutes and a lot of downs. Is this going to benefit them in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I don't think it'll benefit them in the playoffs. I mean, these guys probably won't play. But, I mean, the thing is you get to rest. I got, you know, guys like Jamal Charles and Alex Smith, they get to take a little week off, um, and that's always helpful for nagging injuries and things that are sore. Uh, so I think it'll help the Chiefs. I mean, they're going to be on turf next week against the Colts, uh, and I, I think they're a little bit more consistent team. I'm not. This is a pretty good matchup, though, Tarpon, and the Colts are playing better football uh, than you and I have sort of given them credit for this year at times. But this Chiefs team, they look pretty good right now, so we'll have to see how this game goes. But the Chiefs, uh, on the road, they're going to be on the road no matter what um, happened in that game. So that's why they play all their backups. Well, Trey, we have a big Chargers fan on the line with us. Jason Humphrey, welcome, Jason, to the show. How are you? Good, good. What a, what a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure you feel good, Jason, right? Yeah, I feel good. Um, <laughs> was the win? Wasn't pretty? Wasn't nice, but. Wins a win, so I'll take it. So how do you feel about going on the road to Cincinnati next week? On the road, Cincinnati's a hot team right now. Can you pull off a win? Very, very possible. Um, I like our matchups. Um, well, I, but um, going up against that offense is going to be really tough. So. Well, I appreciate the call, Jason. You had a little background noise coming. But, Trey, I don't have my list up. Can you can you move us to the next game? 
Yeah, our next game was the 49ers and Cardinals. Carvin, this was a – the Cardinals had a shot going into this game uh, to win, uh, obviously. If, if they won and the Saints lost, then they were going to make the playoffs. And, and then they actually could win and be 11-5 and five and be left out. They ended up losing to the 49ers, <laughs> so it became moot. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Saints ended up destroying – uh, the Buccaneers, so by the you know, halftime, we knew that wasn't going to happen for the Cardinals. So the Cardinals lost in the last second field goal target, but this team is just dangerous. I think you know, they're going to be a good team going into next year at 10-6, and six. I mean, it surprised a lot of us with how good they were this year. Well, Trey, I've heard people saying that, that possibly Arizona goes out and they get Ben Roethlisberger uh, to be their quarterback. What are your thoughts on that, if that's even possible? I mean, will Ben stay in pit or will he go somewhere like Arizona? I think Carson Palmer is a good fit. Yeah, I mean, he turns the ball over a lot, and that's the problem with Carson Palmer. I think that if you got a quarterback, given the weapons, and you get Larry Fitzgerald there, you get Michael Floyd, who's developing into a pretty good number two receiver. Uh, Andre Ellington, the rookie out of Clemson, really has been dynamic for them once they figured out how to use him in the second half this year when he came back off his injury. Uh, so this is a team that's got some weapons. I mean, they could be – yeah, I think they need a good offensive lineman. They can use a blindside guy to help protect the quarterback, but that defense is pretty good. Tarvin, they're a few pieces away if they can keep their big guys this year uh, to being good next year. You know, whether a guy like Roethlisberger who's been there and done that, uh, but you know, you got to think Carson Palmer has thrown for over 4,000 yards with three different teams. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to do that. So, I mean, the guy can throw the ball a little bit, Tarvin. Well, how does San Francisco, they got up to a big lead in this game on the road at Arizona, and Trey, they, they gave it up. They went into overtime. They got the win. How did they match up with Green Bay? It seems like in the playoffs lately, San Fran owns Green Bay, but the difference is this game's in Lambeau. How do they match up? Yeah, I mean, the difference is going to be Lambeau. I mean, you're right. 49ers had owned Green Bay in the postseason recently, and that's got a way on um, the Packers, you know, here's the one thing that the Packers really have problems with. It's, it's, it's the running game of Colin Kaepernick. It's when he gets out of the side of the pocket, Tarvin, he had, I mean, if you remember last year, he shredded the Packers in the postseason uh, with his legs. And if I'm the 49ers, I go back to that well this year, too, because I'm not sure they've solved that issue. We'll have to see, Tarvin, but um, I, I think the 49ers are a huge matchup problem with the defense of the Packers. Um, being at Lambeau, anything can happen, Tarvin, but you got to worry about if the 49ers go back to some of that play calling from when they play the Packers, it's not going to look pretty. Well, Trey, hold on a minute. We have Cuervo on the line. Cuervo, I know your heart's broken. You've probably thrown up three or four times. How are you, sir? Thanks for joining us. I'm wiping the uh, vomit off my mouth right now as we speak, but other than that, I'm good, guys. How's everyone else this evening? I'm doing good, Cuervo. Thanks for joining us. And what do you think about this matchup next week? The Packers going or they're home against San Francisco. Does San Francisco just have what? Do they have what it takes to to shut this Green Bay team down? It just seems like their linebackers, their ends, their defensive line gives gives Green Bay a lot of problems when they play it. The Niners will win seventy-six to nothing, guys. Maybe that's just my emotion <laughs> talking, but I, I really don't think Green Bay is is. You know what they were two, three, four years ago. I don't. I really don't think they are. I mean, I just think that uh, you know that their offensive line is a little bit you know older now. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, how healthy is he really? I mean, I I know he showed some good things today, uh, but then again, I mean, hell, anybody can do anything they want against that Chicago Bears defense. So let's we'll see what happens when he faces a, a, an actual you know good 
defense, and we'll, and we'll see how good they are then. All right, Trey, take us to our next game. I'm still trying to log into the chat room and get my Internet working, so keep on. Yeah, our next game was the Ravens at the Bengals. This was a, one of those games where the Bengals had a shot to clinch. Um, is the Patriots lost the number two seed uh, possibility. Now, they, they ended up winning the game, and they really came out, to be honest, Tarver and the Ravens, who had a shot at the playoffs, who were really playing, um, you know, Flacco played through an injury that they wanted to win this game. I think it showed a lot of character for me watching that Bengals team just take care of business um, against the Ravens, Tarvin. Yeah, I mean, one thing I got right in the NFL this year, guys, is Baltimore was not going to make the playoffs. If you look at Flacco, he's obviously not worth the money they paid him. He had more interceptions than touchdowns. So the the, the question I have for you, Cuervo, is how long is it going to take these Baltimore Ravens to, to actually get back into playoff mode and be a contender? Because I just don't see it anytime soon there. Uh, I mean, I, I think it'll take. It won't. Take, I don't think it's going to take very long. I mean, when you have a a guy like Ozzie Newsom running your running your team as the GM, I think what the things that he's been able to do putting this team together is remarkable. And uh, you know, I, I just think they lost too many pieces this off season, but uh, they, they're going to be able to get back in. They may not make it next year either, but I think the year after that, the Baltimore Ravens will be back in the playoffs. They just got to revamp the defense a little bit get them some wide outs, and, and they'll be right back in the thick of the AFC. Well, Trey, looking at, at Andy Dalton, he's going to be in the playoffs. The difference is he's going to be at home. Does he get the playoff monkey off of his back this year? seems like he's one and done every time he makes the playoffs. Does he get a win this first round? Yeah, I mean, obviously not predicting the game just yet, Harvin, but this is the one of the games that I'm most secure about. I know Jason Humphrey said that you know, he's not. Uh, he thinks the Chargers have a shot. But I just think the Bengals are playing really well. They're a really, really good home team, uh, and they're playing very well at the right time, where the Chargers, to me, I mean, I know they won their game, but it's still sort of like the way they kind of back into the playoffs, that game, because the Chiefs get the backup. I just like the Bengals. I don't think the matchups that, uh, that Jason was talking about really favor uh, the Chargers. I mean, they have a pretty good defense. They have – uh, a good running game. Dalton has been throwing the ball pretty well. AJ Green's a matchup problem for any, any cornerback. So I kind of like what the Bengals are doing right now. I'll trade a question for you about the Ravens. What happened to their running game? You know, I mean, they at times have abandoned Ray Rice. And at, at times, I think it's because of how uh, terribly ineffective he was. I mean, you're talking about you know, things we may have gotten right. I think um, you and I may have gotten almost every team except for the Chargers into the, the AFC. I think was uh, we talk about our preseason predictions. I think I, we certainly did not have the Chargers. I think both of us had the Texans, and that turned out to be pretty bad as they were the number one seed overall for the draft next year. But, I mean, when you talk about, um, about you know, predictions, Tarvin, I mean, we did be okay in that regard. But um, I, I can't remember, Tarvin. Do we have the Colts in? Kind of, and I know I'm all tangent here. But yeah. Yeah, we, I think we did. We had the Colts as a wild card, actually. Um, I don't think we had them winning the division. But, hey, you know, I can get the Dallas Cowboys right. There's one person on this show tonight, Trey, that could have the Eagles. The only person I know that picked the Philadelphia Eagles was Cuervo. So Cuervo's watching this game. Hopefully he gets this one right. In his mind, I'm pulling for Dallas, though. Yeah, well, that, that and me, too, because we both picked Dallas to win the division. But I, I think the Eagles, to be honest, could be – if they get into the, the postseason, possibly the most dangerous wild card team uh, out there, because if they get in, they'll be, I think, the three, uh, the third, the third seed. Uh, so I mean, you're talking about you know, 
a pretty big swing if they get in, Tarvin. They're going to be pretty dangerous uh, because if they do get in, they get to host uh, the Saints, who don't play very well on the road, especially if it's cold up in Philly. So, and this could be an interesting game for them, and uh, we'll see if they get past Dallas. They're leading, what, 3 nothing right now? Yeah, but I'm going to tell you guys this, and you can laugh at me now. Do not underestimate next week Phillip Rivers and this team. They're healthy uh, going on the road. If you remember a few years ago, they went on the road and beat Indianapolis in a game like this. So it's not that the Chargers haven't been here before. I mean, Phillip Rivers might have a chip on his shoulder coming into these playoffs, Trey. So don't get too cocky now. Don't get too cocky with these, these Cincinnati Bengals right now. So take us to our next game real quick. All right, I'm just trying to catch up on the chat room, too. The next game is the Packers and Bears, Tarvin. Well, Cuervo, go ahead and start us off on this, since you're a big Bears fan. How in the world did a fourth and eight turn into a touchdown? Well, I mean, because the, the team wasn't paying attention. They weren't, uh, you know, they weren't alert of whether the whistle was blown or not. And, you know, the ball was still alive. And, and that was my initial instinct. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that looks like a fumble. And nobody was doing anything. And I was like... Somebody might want to start doing and, – and then before I, you knew it, I see Jared Boykin in the end zone for a touchdown, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? So, you know, just the team being complacent, expecting to hear the whistle. You should never expect to hear a whistle. You play until the whistle is blown. And, I, and it was just a really, really bad mental mistake by the Bears. And, you know, James Anderson actually was about to grab the ball and just let it go, and then that's when Boykin picked it up. And the Bears could have, you know, I mean, that was that was an easy turnover right there. And, you know, the Bears just, they just, you know, had a mental breakdown at that moment, and that was just the wrong time for that to happen. Trey, hey, are you Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Trey. I'm just going to ask a question in retrospect. Cause, I mean, you know, it is the season where we're going to see a lot of firings of coaches. I mean, I mean, Mark Trestman came in his first year. I mean, are you really better off if you're a Bears fan right now than you were with Levy Smith, Corvo? Um. Well, you know, you know, Tarvino asked me a very similar question. He asked, you know, would I rather have the defense like it was last year with a bad offense, or you know, now how it is now with a good offense? And you know, as much as I complain about the the defense. Um, you know, I, I really think that if they didn't, if the Bears didn't have the offense that they had, they probably would never have been in this game. So you, you just, you know, when when you when you bring in a new coach and you bring in new uh, offensive, you know, something's n- not going to click. And unfortunately, this year was the defense. So hopefully, they get better though next year. They they bring in some guys to uh, help that secondary out. You know, get get get. You know, just stop. Just you know, help the defense overall, and uh, you know, hopefully the the offense will put up points like they did this year. So, uh, do I think they're better off? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was time for a change, and you know, this is just the growing pains of the changes that the Bears are gonna. You know, they're gonna have for their franchise. Well, Trey, I want to ask you about the fourth and eight at the end of the game. Chicago had this game, it seemed like, and one play, Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, scrambles out, he gets blitzed, and he hits a wide-open receiver, um, the guy from Kentucky. I mean, how in the world did he get open like that? Well, I mean, just a missed assignment. I mean, one of the things that you can't do as a defensive back is, 
is keep your eyes too far in the backfield. I mean, the guy was watching Aaron Rodgers and what happened. Well, I mean, you know, he the guy runs past him, and you just can't let that happen. You got to keep uh, folks in front of you, and he didn't do that. That's that's you know one of the reasons why we're we're looking at a you know Packers going to the playoffs and the Bears not because I mean of missed assignments like that. And you saw you saw them over and over again actually in this game, both in the Bears defense and the Packers defense. And you know, missed assignments, you know, the basics uh, will kill you every time. So Cuervo, your defensive coordinator this year. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Does he still have a job tomorrow? I hope not. You're talking about Mel Tucker, former Jacksonville Jaguar head yeah. coach. I mean, that's, yeah. that just tells you right there that the Bears <laughs> were setting themselves up for failure. You bring a guy from the Jaguars, I'm sorry. Just, I mean, how much do you really expect to be, you know, to succeed? You know, bringing in somebody from that, that organization, I'm sorry. I mean, it just you shouldn't have expected a whole lot. They need to go out, go out there and get a defensive coordinator that implements actual tackling. I know it's crazy to to say, and it may sound kind of outside the box, but as a defense, you should know how to tackle. And this year's uh, Bears defense did not know how to do that. And you know, as far as the the touchdown to Cobb at the end, guys, you know it's funny because they had shown the replay the. And, and and I swear maybe maybe it wasn't exactly the play before, but they showed the replay and James Jones was wide open on the left side and Aaron and Aaron Rodgers missed him, and that should have let the Bears know like okay we need to make sure that that doesn't happen again, and you know when when they snapped and and Rodgers got away from Julius Peppers, I was like this is not going to be good, and then that's when he hit Cobb you know uh-huh. you know deep inside the five and. Oh, the rest is history. Cuervo, I'm going to give you a name for a defensive coordinator out there since you're thinking outside the box here. Gene Chizik. You know, Auburn's been paying him a salary. We we need to save that money and give it to Malzahn. So we're thinking Chicago could hire him away and actually benefit and do us both good. Yeah, that benefits Auburn, and that's great, Tarvino. But, um, and I, can, I know you would like to get rid of him, but – I don't know if the Bears would go after Gene Chizik. I mean, has he ever coached at the NFL level? I, I mean, I really don't know. Has he has he ever been on a professional level? No, but he's a, a hell of a defensive coordinator. Trey, what do you think about that? The guy knows his defense. <laughs> no shot, man. That guy's not an NFL coach. What are you talking about? He's got it all. He's, he's everything that an NFL coach should have. He's better than a lot of the jokers I see out there, but – I mean, I don't know, Trey. Tell me this about the Chicago Bears and see if you know. I mean, is it just me or any time you get better on the offensive side of the ball like Chicago has, your defense struggles. So what can be done, in your opinion, to make the Chicago Bears defense catch up to the offense as much as they can? Well, I mean, they they lost a couple of their big leaders, and they had, they had some defensive backs who are very talented who were out for a lot of the year. And sometimes it's injuries that really take effect of, of your defense, and sometimes it's the leader. You know, you're, you're missing that that guy calling the calling the plays, calling you know, calling the the packages, that kind of stuff. So I think they need to get that back, Tarvin. They need to address that in the draft and get a, and get some of those guys back, and they'll be okay. I mean, they still have a couple of guys who are pretty darn good over there. Okay, well, well, there's a game not on the board, Dallas. And the uh, Eagles are playing right now, the number one game, three to nothing Philly. If you'd like to call in, six four six seven one six 
five five six four. But a game not on your list, Trey. The New York Jets and the Dolphins. The Dolphins had it perfectly set up at home to make the playoffs, and all they had to do was maybe beat Buffalo last week, and they got trounced. And they got trounced by the Jets today. Honestly, what is it about these Dolphins? This Dolphins team, they can't even make the playoffs with it handed to them. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that you're talking about coaches on the hot seat. You got to talk about the Dolphins, given you know, the Richie Incognito story that came out, given the way that they kind of collapsed here in the second half and they had a shot to actually, you know, make the playoffs. This is one of those teams that just don't seem to have a whole lot of control. Yeah, but, I mean, Rex Ryan, on the other hand, I mean, who who pictured them being an 8-8 eight and eight football team, Trey? I thought they would win two or three games, but the Jets are actually respectable, and I think they, they actually saved Rex Ryan's job. Yeah, I mean, he apparently is going to be back, and that this is obviously um, probably the biggest reason why is because of the way this team – I mean, we had that team picked as the number one overall draft pick. I mean, that, that, that's where all bad the Jets are supposed to be. Almost in every single person who, you know, broke down the NFL schedule, and we were all wrong. I mean, that's just the way it is, and, you know, you can attribute that to a lot of what Rex Ryan was able to do because, let's be honest, Geno Smith was not exactly – um, transcended at the quarterback position this year. And he had a good day today, I mean, but the guy was inconsistent as all get out. And they really got as much out of him as they possibly could. I think that came down to coaching. Cuervo, how, how much did Rex Ryan learn this year about what it's going to take to actually take the next step? And I think if he goes out and has a good draft and hires a good D offensive coordinator, I think the Jets are an instant playoff team next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about it earlier on our show. Uh, you know, I think an offensive coordinator is, is is what this team needs, and obviously, like you said, I mean, get some guys through the draft. But I think what it what Rex Ryan really learned was that, you know, defense doesn't really necessarily win championships anymore. I mean, offense will win you games, and you know, in order to win a championship, you got to win certain games to get there. So. You know, that, that old-school mentality that his father, you know, raised him on uh, as far as defense wins championships, that doesn't apply anymore. We saw all kinds of records broken this year in the NFL from from a league standpoint, from an individual standpoint, from a team standpoint. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, that that old saying doesn't – it doesn't uh, – it's irrelevant now. So you have to have good offense that can put up points to be a good football team in this league. Well, Trey, I want to move on real quick to the Houston Texans. And, Cuervo, I'm going to put you on mute just for a second and bring you back on. Um, I felt like I was hearing some background noise. I'm trying to hear, find, trying to find out who it is. Trey, the Houston Texans job, right now, the leading candidate is Bill O'Brien from Penn State. And I just want your thoughts about that. And I think the background is coming from you, Trey, just to see if you could check that out. Yeah, I don't think it's me, but – um, I, but I'll tell you what about Bill O'Brien is he told his best recruit, uh, he was, I think, at the uh, All-American game down there for the Under Armour game, I think, in Orlando, uh, this week that he was not going anywhere. He was staying at Penn State. So, oh, I mean, obviously God. you know that coaches don't tell the truth all the time, but, you know, there, there's at least that nugget. Um, and all we have from Texans is that they've interviewed him or are going to interview him. So, I mean, you really have um, – a lot of hyperbole and speculation on the behalf of the fact that he's already gone. When I don't even know if he's even interviewed yet. 
Well, Chris Mortensen, he's always right, I believe, and some other ESPN sources say he's the leading candidate, and they're about to reach an agreement. So, but if you're Bill O'Brien, what do you say to this kid? I mean, you, you can't say, no, I won't be back, or I don't know, maybe not. If he said anything like that, the word would spread, and all of a sudden Penn State would lose all of his commitment. So, Trey, what would he say, I mean, besides no? Well, I mean, it's the same thing they all say, Tarvin, which is, you know, of course I'm coming back when they never mean it, but – um, I, I think he's a great, actually, um, a guy to give a shot in the NFL. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to be successful. I mean, I don't know enough um, X's and O's about Penn State. And I know what he's done to Penn, Sp- Penn State has been amazing. I mean, the guys kept a program that was easily could have went down and completely tanked, and he's kept them at least somehow floating. I mean, they're certainly not back anywhere near Penn State's you know, glory days, but I don't think anybody could have done the job that he's done at Penn State. I mean, it, what an incredible job, so... He's good enough a candidate to go in the NFL as there is in college football. Uh, you know, maybe absent Nick Saban get another shot. Well, Cuervo, I think Bill O'Brien is a done deal at Houston. I just want your thoughts real quick before we move on to college football. I think it's a done deal. It's all about just working out the numbers. Yeah, I think so too, uh, Tarvin. Um, I don't. I don't see a situation where. It doesn't happen unless something happens overnight going into tomorrow morning when, uh, you know, as they call it, Black Monday happens. So, I mean, I don't see anything else other than Bill O'Brien becoming the Texans head coach. I don't see any other situation. Well, well, Trey, tomorrow's Black Monday. If you beat me and pick him again, you're going to be gone. (laughs) It might happen, buddy. It might happen. Uh, Hey, you know, talking talking about coaching, I, I will tell you that the one the, the, I guess that interests me the most, uh, and it's not because of, of the team that's mine, but it's just I, I kind of wonder what it says about the coaches who might go there is the Cleveland Browns and, and Chudzinski. I mean, the guy's been there a year. Um, the ownership apparently does not like you know how the team played in the second half, but I mean, you have what three quarterbacks go out with you know season-ending injuries. I mean, you have all this stuff going on in that team. I just I just wonder, Tarvin, I mean, what message you send to any future coach if, if they expect to turn around within one single season um, in the NFL. It's, it's very rare. So, I mean, what do you think, buddy? I, mean, I think the Cleveland Browns, they fire their head coach. I think they're going to have a tough time getting a guy to come in there who's a big name. <laughs> well, you look at Cleveland, and and I think it's the way they – I think they won, what, three out of four to start or some, three out of five, something like that, and then – they start getting beat by double digits every game. I think the fact that they never got better. Jason Campbell's a good enough quarterback to to win you a couple of games out there. The fact is they got beat by double digits. I I admire Cleveland for this, Cuervo, and maybe you can correct me. I don't know, but I admire him. If they feel like he's not a good fit to try, and and maybe they have somebody on their radar that is the right fit, that they go ahead and cut ties with this guy now instead of wasting an entire year. Uh, sorry, you know, I, I didn't catch who we're talking about here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cleveland Browns coach getting fired tomorrow. He only had traded. He had one year, and, and it wasn't fair, really. But I'm thinking that maybe they feel for some reason it's not a good fit, and they have somebody else in mind to take that job. Uh, well, it better be somebody that has experience because, I mean, not that the guy that they had this year was anything special, but to bring in another guy with no experience, I mean, you're not moving. You're not moving forward. You're not. 
progressing, I guess you could say, as far as your head coach is concerned. And see, and, that, and that's why certain franchises will continue to be bad is because they don't allow anything to really develop. You know, I mean, you're, you're not going to – I don't care who you are. I don't care if, if you bring Vince Lombardi back from the dead. He's not He's not going to change the, the Cleveland Browns in one season. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. So you have to, well, you know, let things – develop and, and, and allow this thing to work. So when, I, I don't like it when teams fire a head coach after one season because how do you, how do you really know what you're going to get uh, in the future if you continue to change head coaches? Yeah, I'm probably going to side with Trey on this one. Maybe a year is, is just too quick. I mean, Trey, what was Cleveland expecting? I guess you like with the injury, even without the injury the quarterback, what was Cleveland expecting this check out this guy's first year on the job, really? Well, I mean, a couple of things to think about when we're talking about Cleveland. I mean, you had Brendan Whedon, who was a prior administration starting quarterback who they drafted in the first round. You had Trent Richardson, who was also from that, that number three overall pick. I mean, they immediately decide that you know, Whedon is not the guy. Chizinski is, is you know part of the head coaching team who does that. Uh, but the ownership trades away your starting running back in the middle of the season, right as the season starts. So you can have the time to have a new back come in at training camp. They bring in Willis McGahey off, uh, I think you're looking at 7-11 or something, uh, and, you know, and they expect him to be able to figure out the <laughs> offense. I mean, so, I mean, a lot of these moves I don't think are attributable to the head coach, and they expect the, the team to sort of adapt to that. And you're talking about a team, Carvin, that, that wasn't that good to begin with. I mean, this was already a team that was going to struggle and to throw all these challenges, and not only did you, know, you, get, you get Brian Hoyer, who the Michigan State alum, comes in and he actually sparks the offense, and he goes down with an ACL injury. Uh, and then you, know, you have another injury. We, we, we can go out for the year, and they lose another quarterback. And you, you end up with you know, a, a serviceable backup guy in the NFL, but he doesn't have that great of an arm, and so all defenses just play the run. I mean, so it just to me, it, I don't know what you're expecting if you're the Cleveland Browns' ownership and progression. The defense played – uh, pretty good all year long. They kept them in the game as much as they could. They were on the field an awful lot. And so if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, Tarvin, I just wonder who do they expect they're going to get? Because no star defensive coordinator or star offensive coordinator is going to take this job knowing that if they don't turn them around in a year, they have no shot at getting, you know, being, a, being you know, employed. Well, Trey, here's breaking news. Nick Saban just landed in Cleveland. No, a plane. What are your thoughts about this? Saving to Cleveland. Would that work? I think that's <laughs> about the only reason why I think if uh, you're Cleveland, uh, you're doing this. But I'll tell you, Tarvin, I mean, here's the interesting point is with without any NFL jobs opening up, uh, does the NFL, and I don't think Saban ever leaves for another college program. Sorry, Texas. Uh, but I think that he might, he might take a nipple in the NFL again if given the right opportunity. Do you think the right opportunity no. opens up at any point? I think tomorrow it does. The Dallas Cowboys announced they fired their entire staff. I mean, I think Dallas would be a job, guys, and tell me if I'm wrong. Dallas would be something to his level. Like, he could get some kind of ownership if Jerry Jones would allow that and let him run his own team. I just don't know how Saban and Jerry Jones would get along, but I could see him in Dallas, Trey, and I think that would be a job that he would go. I don't think he'd go to Cleveland, really, but I think he would go to Dallas. Well, I mean, Dallas, think about it. I mean, that's what I'm talking about is the perfect job. You need a team that is playoff ready. I mean, they have the pieces on defense. I mean, they have 
talent on defense, but I mean, you got to get rid of Mike Kiffin. I don't know why I thought he would work in the pros <laughs> after he couldn't work at USC. Um, and you, get, you know, Jason Garrett is a great coordinator, um, but he's just not—he's proven not to be able to handle the the load of a basically of Jerry Jones. I think Jason Garrett would have had success someplace else, but. I mean, so you come, you bring in Nick Saban, and maybe, I mean, we're, we're just speculating here, and we're shooting from the hip. But, I mean, you talk about if a dream job opened up, that has to be one of the ones because you have a playoff-ready team, you have a quarterback who is a pro bowler, you know, a solid veteran, you got a star wide mm-hmm. receiver, you got DeMarco Murray who, who needs help and they need to draft somebody. I mean, there's a, there's a few draft holes, Tarvin, but this isn't a rebuilding team. I mean, so this is the kind of program that maybe someone like Nick Saban comes out for. Yeah, I mean, Dallas could pay them whatever they wanted. This is America's team. And I think Saban's ego, Trey, is big enough. Dallas has struggled for years. He could come in his first year and, and win the division, make the playoffs, maybe make the NFC championship. And, man, that would be huge because Jason Garrett, and I don't know if you you think so, Trey, he's fired tomorrow when they lose tonight. Jason Garrett's going to be fired. Romo's not the excuse. With Romo, they would have still lost tonight. They were still underdogs by three points when yeah. Romo was still playing the other day. So do you think they're fired? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Jason Garrett is gone. And I think that, uh, you know, Jerry Jones goes back to that day. I mean, he had a lot of success bringing in star star talent, you know, when it's in the head coaching ranks from college. I mean, he won, um, you know, the Super Bowl with, with uh, Jerry Johnson, uh, who was a, uh, you know, was he Miami, University of Miami head coach. Barry Switzer from Oklahoma. I mean, this is, this is kind of his playbook, right? I mean, other than Bill Parcells and some other guys he's brought in, I mean, he, he used to have success, you know, nabbing the, the hottest, you know, national championship winning coach. Yeah, so I, I think he's going tomorrow. We're going to find out. There's no way you could keep him here. I mean, if you can't win the East this year and you have the roster Dallas has, you're never going to win it. I mean, they need a whole makeover. But Jerry Jones needs to hire a GM, Trey. I think that's a problem, and we'll see what they do. But, hey, it's college football time now. The the little bowl games, let's put the kids to bed, and let's get ready for the big bowl games, Trey. What, what did you think about the bowl game so far? I mean, do you think it's diluted? Do you think it's just bad matchups? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm having a hard time staying focused on any one game so far. Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of intrigued. I tell you, what I think and what I'm more interested in is, is paying attention to some of the lesser bowls to see kind of how some of these lower-tier schools do uh, against out-of-conference out of competition just to see kind of the depth of some of these conferences. And that's just because you and I sort of focus on this kind of stuff. So that's the kind of thing I'm interested in right now. Like, for instance, you know, Tarvin, the, the – uh, you talk about the Pac-12 is already four games, they're three and one, and then that kind of shows you they're, why they're the number two overall conference. I mean, you can pick at the competition they played, but they still won most of their games. In the Mountain West, three and two, that's kind of surprising. The MAC, zero oh and four. You know, Conference USA, two and one. The ACC, I think, has been uh, all five games they've played, they've been the underdog in the three and two, and that's, so that's kind of interesting as well. Big Ten, zero oh and two. You know, so that debate about the Big Ten versus the ACC seems to be started. You know, we're sort of seeing some of it settled. So that's the kind of thing right now that I'm focused on the bowls. There's not a particular matchup, Tarvin, I agree with you, that I, I particularly cared about. But that's a little bit of it can be a little bit of an indicator of some of the maybe future performances we may see. Well, let's talk about the Big Ten. I mean, this Minnesota loses to Syracuse, which is surprising. I, I thought Minnesota uh, was a better team. They should have won. And then Michigan – 
gets trounced last night by Kansas State. I mean, trade. I mean, 0-2 for the Big Ten. And this is a Michigan team that put up about 50 points and 600 yards on Ohio State. They could, I, know, I know their quarterback was out. But, I mean, still, I mean, 0-2, what does that say for the Big Ten right now? Or does it not say anything at all, really? Well, no, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think you're talking about Minnesota. They were a heavy – well, they were like a seven-point favorite against Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse is a six mm-hmm. and uh, six and six team of the ACC. They were one of the – what? I mean, the ACC has 11 teams playing in bowl games. They may have been the 10th or the 11th to make a bowl. I mean, that's how bad they are. Uh, and then they go out and they beat, you know, Minnesota 21-17 to in a very good game, actually, near the end. I think that does say something about the Big Ten because Minnesota is a team that's been a borderline-ranked team all year. And Syracuse certainly has not been a team that's anywhere near the ranking. So you talk about this kind of stuff, and, yeah, it's still early in the bowl, Tarvin. I'm not making any snap judgment, but it's starting to be a little bit of an indicator of how maybe poor the Big Ten really is because I look at the Big Ten the rest of the schedule, Tarvin, and they have seven teams in the bowl game. Uh, and I'm telling you, Tarvin, I think they could go maybe 0-7 or 1-6. I think there's maybe a possible chance of an upset in one of those games. But, I mean, Nebraska against number 22, Georgia, um, you know, both playing with back quarterbacks. I mean, so, you know, Georgia's ranked right now. They're going to be a favorite. You have LSU and Iowa. Wisconsin is number nine, South Carolina. That's a huge mismatch. Number four, Michigan State now. They're, they're starting linebacker uh, out against number five, Stanford. And that's their, their chance of the win right there. And then Ohio State and Clemson. I mean, maybe there. But, I mean, Tarvin, I mean, is it a possibility that the Big Ten goes 0 for 7? It is. I think Wisconsin matches up good with South Carolina, actually. I think. Wisconsin's actually favored in that game, believe it or not. But, but Cuervo, when you look at the Big Ten, I mean, when you watch Minnesota and Michigan play, what does that tell you about the Big Ten, or, or did you even pay attention to it? <laughs> Honestly, Tarvino, not really. I mean, I, I glanced at Michigan against K-State last night for, for a little bit. We're talking about football, right? We're talking about the bowl games, Big Ten? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I glanced at it, but, I mean, the Big Ten's weak. I mean, we, we've all said it on this show, on, on your show, that the Big Ten's not that good, and, you know, not, and you're seeing it now when they're playing other conferences like like uh, K-State and the Big 12, and you're going to see it when – you're probably going to see it when Clemson plays Ohio State in, in the Orange Bowl. The Big Ten's not that good. Well, I mean, I'm going to look at a game, Trey, and I don't want to go one by one on this. I just want to talk football tonight. And you look at the ACC, and granted, you know, North Carolina, Cincinnati imploded, really. But look at Miami. And looking at that Miami-Louisville game last night, Trey, does that concern you looking at Florida State? Does that does that make you wonder, really, how good is Florida State, or did it not really matter to you? Because I was – Watching that game, Louisville dominated it in every aspect of the game, and that concerned me if I'm a Miami fan. Well, from Miami's standpoint, I remember they had a couple of their starters who were out for the year, and Florida State, I think, put three or four of their guys out for the year in that game. So it's not as if it's the same team. Um, but, I mean, one of the things about Miami, Tarvin, is they're not a very deep team, and they're not close to being back. One of the things that we talked about, you know, when they were ranked number seven is, is that, you know, that, that ranking was going to be really exposed when, when the season played out. Um, I think they got outscored in their three or four team. They went at, I think they played three or four ranked games, Tarvin. They got outscored something like 20 to 150. I mean, they just clearly weren't a team that was ready for a stage playing a ranked team like Louisville. 
Uh, and Louisville, let's, let's not let's not forget to give them credit. I mean, they 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 beat a Florida team the year before in the Sugar Bowl, and they didn't give much of a chance. I mean, the Louisville, Charlie Strong, is a very good coach with time off. I mean, he's not saving good Tarvin, but he's a very good coach of getting his team prepared. I think that Miami's given the um, the sort of gaps they have and the, the talent. Uh, the, I mean, that could be coming in. I mean, look at some of their recruits this year, and they're it's amazing that those guys are still going down there, but. I mean, they still have a long way to go to fill some of those holes, Tarvin, and that was pretty obvious in Louisville, who, who actually was better in some of the very key positions. You know, you think that Miami has better speed. I mean, Louisville actually looks faster at times. Well, guys, I want to talk, Trey, I want to talk about one thing. It's not the game related, but I started doing some research on, on the bowl games and attendance and, and everything like that. I don't know if you've, you've noticed this, but every game in the BCS is, is not sold out, not even close, not even the national championship game, Trey. They're expecting about 50,000 people at the national championship game with about 90,000 tickets, and I'm getting a bad, bad background noise from somebody. Um, but 90,000 tickets, well, that's 40,000 tickets that could be empty, Trey. Well, I mean, if you want any of these games so far, um, you'll see it. I mean, you see, I mean, other than the Pinstripe Bowl, which was in, I think Yankee Stadium, that, that looked actually had some people there. It wasn't sold out. But, yeah, I mean, I think some of these teams are losing money when they go to the Bulls, and I think people don't realize that. I mean, these aren't very often um, money-making things for these teams. They have to buy all these tickets, and they lose money. Are you there, Trey? Yep, I'm here. Okay, sorry. I was making a couple of changes, but uh... – Cuervo, I see you still on there, so stay put. Um, but looking at it, I have a concern that if you look at Florida State, and, and they were talking about they, the brokers I was talking to, several brokers said that Florida State will not travel. Their fans don't travel, and they won't travel all the way to Pasadena. They're thinking just a little bit over 10,000 Florida State fans will be at this game compared to about 45,000 Auburn fans. Trey, this is a national championship game. I mean, this is – for all the marbles and the fact that you can't sell out, that, that says something to me about the BCS. If you look at uh, Baylor, UCF, this is Baylor's first BCS game in Central Florida, and they're, 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 they're giving tickets away with a Happy Meal at McDonald's, man. Well, I mean, part of it, you know, I think you can blame fans for some of the, the bowls. Uh, but to be honest, Tarvin, in the national championship game, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. It's not meant for fans because they put the price of the tickets way too high. I mean, you know, when the tickets came out, what were they starting in $1,000 for the nosebleed seats? I mean, come on. Right now they're, what, 600 bucks. I mean, can the common fan really afford that for Florida State and Auburn? I mean, Tarvin, I, you know, I, I consider myself a pretty common fan, Tarvin, and I certainly can't afford, you know, a $600 ticket and then a you know, $600 plane ride, I mean, even if you fly into Vegas. But, that's well, a fifteen hundred. It's a fifteen hundred dollar plane ride now. I mean, it, it makes it to where you can't go. You're right. The normal Joe, the big fan. I mean, do you have an extra three grand laying around just to go to a football game? Yeah, you're not even talking about hotel prices, which I'm sure are jacked to the roof because of this as well. So I mean, I just think that you know one of the things they've done is they've created an atmosphere that that doesn't isn't conducive for the normal fan to go to. Oh, yeah. I, I think you're right. I remember in the 2010 championship game, I paid $1,100 for a ticket. I got my flight for about 600 Hotel room, several hundred dollars. So you're looking at about two to $2,300 for, 
for one game, for one person. If you take your wife, you double that. That's five grand almost you're paying. And I think that's the problem. I think they need to make these games more reasonable, Trey. Have flights reasonable. You get a package, not a bus. I don't want to drive a bus to California, but make it affordable. Hey, for $1,000, you can get a flight, a ticket, and here's your rooms and things like that, Trey. I, I think if you're Auburn, Florida State, I'm glad the BCS is leaving in a way, but I, I don't think the, the bowl games are going to ever change. I, I just think a lot of people are fed up with the prices. And think about it, Ohio State won't even travel, Trey. I mean, think, their expectations was national championship, yet they got selected. Clemson fans won't travel right now because they were thinking championship, and here they are back in the Orange Bowl. So I think the bowl selection committee got it wrong this year. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I was on mute there, Tarvin. Yeah, but uh, I agree with you, man. I just think that, you know, you don't get a lot of legitimate reasons for fans to travel to some of this stuff. And remember, the bowl system has the universities bent over their knee in this regard because they're required by contract when they you know, select these bowl invitations to buy 15,000, 30,000 seats or whatever it is. So you're, it may be the universities who's basically leaving with the bag in their hand holding all, all this money. If you talk about, um, if you look it up, I mean, you'll see all the, from last year, all the to- all the bowl teams that lost money. It's surprising how many there are, Carmen. It really is. Yeah, and, and the Big Ten, the one thing, the deal they have is they buy back the tickets from the school. Like the Big Ten, uh, the schools won't actually lose the money. It's the conference that loses the money because they buy them back. And I mean, there's some good matchups out there, but, Trey, I think everybody – is to the point now if, hey, if we don't make the national championship game, then, then hey, I mean, what, what's the point, really, of, of taking a week off of work to go watch your team play? Like, if you're Central Florida, why do you take a week off work to travel to Arizona? So if you win, what does that mean, really? You didn't win anything except a bowl game. But I understand Auburn's problems with traveling. I mean, they went in 2010. A lot of people took out loans to go. That's how expensive it was. And now here it is just three years later – in their bag. But, Trey, I'm very surprised that Florida State fans aren't, aren't going back. And I, I think they've been to, what, five BCS championship games maybe? Maybe that's a part of it. Yeah, and maybe. And I haven't seen the, the full numbers yet. And I don't know if that's, that's speculation or what we'll still see, obviously, when it comes down to it. I do know uh, that you're right about there, there being tickets available. I mean, the, the ticket prices have jumped dramatically down because of it. Uh, and I think – I think the message needs to be sent to these guys who win these bowl games uh, that this sort of scalping of tickets, and I know it's not the, the scalping that we normally think of, but the way they scalp the, the common Joe, uh, we're the ones, the common folks are the ones who you know, create an atmosphere for college football. And when you make tickets okay. so expensive, Tarvin, the fans are going to eventually turn it off. Yeah, I mean, it's too much money. And, I mean, it's... To me, when, I, when you were first looking at when I was looking to get a flight, if I was going to get a ticket, it was going to be about 1500 close to it. And then the plane ticket would have been about 700 So I'm looking at spending 2200 Well, I couldn't do that, really. So I was hoping the ticket prices went down, and they did. But guess what? The plane ticket's out of this world to get there. I don't care if you're flying to Vegas. It's still 1100 from Atlanta. I don't care if you go to... Colorado and then to San Diego and drive, Trey. It's just too expensive to enjoy. I mean, there's a lot of Auburn fans I talk to wish they could go out there and enjoy it. I'm sure the same with Florida State fans, but the average people in this world, the middle class, can't afford it. The most people that go are the retired people with a lot of money that they can take the time off work to go, Trey. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's another thing, too. I mean, talking about, you know, 
in the economic times we're, we're in, it seems like they haven't sort of adjusted to uh, the common fan, Tarvin. But I mean, it'll be interesting, Tarvin. Let me ask you, I mean, off this 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 topic a little bit. Uh, what's um, you know, coming up, and what's what's the next bowl game that really interests you? The next bowl game that really interests me. Hold on, let me pull up my list here. Give me a moment. There's some. It's starting to get to where. Okay, I'm, I'm getting excited a little bit. I think I guess we can say the Texas Oregon game. Maybe that's the next one tomorrow. I believe is that correct? Yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you look at it, we have tomorrow. We have Texas Oregon. We have Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. I'm really not intrigued by Ole Miss and Georgia Tech, honestly. Uh, I guess I'm excited to see Arizona State and Texas Tech. I guess those two, Texas Oregon and Arizona State Texas Tech, but after that, I'm looking at the Chick-fil-A Bowl, Texas A&M Duke, and then all the New Year's Day matchups, Trey. They all start looking good after that. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, you know, plan on watching some of the games starting tomorrow, so I kind of agree with you. But uh, it, it is a kind of interesting when you talk about the dilution of bowls, Tarvin. I mean, it has gotten kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm just, I think Quinn's on the line, Trey. He wants to talk about this bowl. I was going to talk about the bowl prices. The only, the only way you can get reasonable bowl prices is through the schools. Because my grandpa, since he's an alum and my aunt's an alum, and my, my grandpa's a big, he, he puts big money through Auburn. He got like first dibs on tickets since the school gets them for face value. They were three eighty five for a ticket. Yeah, but the, yeah, but also the transportation though, Quinn. It's not. It, I mean, I don't care what alum you are or what kind of deal you get. You still have to pay that plane ticket, which is is pretty rough. If you're taking a family out there. Yeah, my grandpa paid four tickets and probably all the plane tickets. So that's four tickets right there. And I have a question. Your your, your granddad's. Probably well off, if I had to guess. I mean, probably yeah, tired, well off, is, they can spend some money. Well so, yeah, a lot of people can't do that. And I think a lot of those games, yeah. you have corporate sponsors, like Trey said. You have people retired. You have people with a lot of money. And, and Trey, I don't know. I mean, if you had the money, would you pay that price for it, though? I feel bad paying that kind of money when there's so many other things I could buy with that money. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't know about this year with having a, you know, having a month old and a 17-month-old kid, probably not this year, but if I had the money, maybe next year would be great, but, you know, um, so this, you know, you know, there's a lot of factors to consider once you're growing up there, man. Yeah, well, let's let's look at a couple of these matchups, Trey. I'm not going to stay too much longer. Um, I have a lot of work to get done. Actually, i got to go into work very early, but... I guess we're, what we're going to do on our football games, Trey, for the rest of the bowls is if you'll put them on Facebook and, and we'll pick them that way. I'm, I'm going to have a show Monday night, I mean Sunday night. Next Sunday night we need to have a show for sure to to start previewing this national championship game. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely, next Sunday. And, Tarvin, I have, just so you know, the games for tomorrow are already posted as part of this past week for our pick as well as the games for 31 December. So make sure you make those picks. I just made my picks for tomorrow, for the bowl games tomorrow. Um, and uh, keep posting your win-loss record at the end uh, so you can figure out who wants <laughs> to pick them for this week. But remember, this week's pick them runs through 31 December. So don't forget to make those last picks. 
Well, Cuervo, I want to I want to ask you, man, what 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 bowls do you feel good about right now? Are you looking forward to? Um, I'm you know I'm pr- I'm very uh, similar to what you're looking at. You know, Oregon versus Texas, and then um, I- I'm kind of interested in in the uh, Chick Fil or the uh, yeah the Chick Fil A bowl. I think it is with A and M and Duke. I just want to see Johnny Manziel uh, probably in his last game as a, as an Aggie in college. Because uh, I, I don't see him coming back, so uh, you know, kind of sitting watching him, and then obviously the New Year's Day games. Uh, you know, the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is probably the one I'm interested in the most, but I think Nebraska Georgia will be a good one. And then um, I'm also interested in uh, the, the what is, what is it? The uh, I know there's a couple other games too. Outback. Uh, what, uh, South Carolina. South Carolina plays. Oh, help me out, please. Wisconsin. Somebody. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. okay, South Carolina, Wisconsin. Those are probably the ones that I'm interested in the most. Yeah, those will be some good ones. And, and guys, just to give you all a heads up on the tickets, if you are wanting to go to the national championship game, I've been told fly out there if you can, as cheap as you can, and you can get a ticket for 50 bucks uh, before the game probably. And, and, Trey, the reason I said that, the people I talked to went out for the Rose Bowl with Texas and Alabama, and they were able to buy tickets about a $50 under face value. So I think there's going to be a lot of tickets out there. And, and I'll be honest, Trey, I still may go to this game. I'm still looking for some flights and, and get, trying to find the right transportation. But I could still pop up and go. But because I went in 2010, it just doesn't seem as important to me to pay that kind of money this time. Yeah, there's no way I'm going, buddy. But if you go, uh, at, least give a, at least give a chop for me at one point. I'm taking you with me, man. We're using your credit card. We're going to have some fun. That's <laughs> right. I was going to give a yeah. quick update. Dallas is down 10-7 to 7 right now. I think they're getting the ball back. 4-18 left in the first half. So, Philly was up 10 to nothing. Dallas won't go away. Anything you want to talk about, Trey, before we go? No, man, just don't forget to make those picks. I think right now um, I haven't calculated what my win-loss record is since uh, – it's earlier in the week, but uh, put, put your picks out there for uh, your win-loss record as well. All right, Cuervo, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, we, I may have a show Wednesday night. I'll let you all know, Trey. I don't know if you can join me or not. New Year's Day, Wednesday night, uh, kind of go over all these games and preview them. But we will definitely have a show next Sunday night to recap all of the bowl games up to the national championship and preview. So, guys, have a great week. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us all year. We're going to bring great things Uh, back in 2014. So have a great week. See you guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.